beautiful thing. Glenn. And these guys, uh, this guy's been away swimming in the deep, literally and spiritually. And uh, yeah, we were hoping Leon was going to be feeling better this morning and able to share too, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up to her. We'll loop back around. But I was asked, oh, Freddie. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a joy to be inspired by one another's journey. And I've, you know, continually been inspired by the things Glenn and Leanne have been going after in this season. And yeah, I just asked Glenn to come share a little bit about what God's been doing over the time they've been away. And we'll, um, yeah, I feel the same way. Let it out, man. Let it out. So why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? Was it one hour or two? Yeah, okay, I just, yeah. No, he did say 10 minutes-ish. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, Leanne does send her apologies. She would not like me sharing this, but I'm going to anyway. She's been, she's been having a lot of epileptic seizures lately, and she had another one this weekend. And they're knocking her about, and, you know, the reason I'll share it not, is just to get you praying for that, because that's out of whack at the moment, and she's been having them pretty regularly, so we'd really like to... Yeah, get rid of those. So, so yes, yes. Let's do that. Can I do it? Can I do it? Yeah. Well, God, we just, yeah, we just, we just stand with you uh, to ask for your protection over Leon. And I always thank you that she's your girl, that you love her, that you've got such incredible purpose in life that you're. Uh, flowing to her and ministering with her. And we just ask you to protect her health. We just ask God that you come and you just bring resolution to the to the things that are hassling her mind in these in these fits. God, we just ask you to come do work over her body, that you come lay by your Holy Spirit, your hands on her head right now. God, we ask you to just come and just bring to restoration that which is uh, creating issue and chaos in this season in her world. We know that you've got life and love and security and a firm foundation for her. So we just ask a healing over Leon's body in this moment. We ask you to just come and heal these, uh, take, take away these fits in, in completion. We just ask you to just come, just remove the hassle of epilepsy from this woman. Bring freedom to her body, to her mind, we ask in the name of Jesus. I just encourage her in this moment. We just ask you just, in this moment, we just ask the testimony of, of Leon would be something came over me. I was just there. I don't know what was going on, but there was just this love that just washed over our home. So Spirit, would you just come fill that home and just bless Leon in this moment. Encourage her heart. Speak truth to her soul, we ask in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, so so we went away, Leanne and I, and um, had the joy of floating our floating palace for a few months. Last time I saw you dudes, it was floating in the palace off Noosa. So welcome, Jack and Danica. Good to have you guys here. Um, yeah, and I guess for, I think most of you know my story that we've sold the business uh, nearly two years ago, and I'm sort of coming to the end of a of a of a phase where I, I finish up there or I hand over and I really wanted this season on the boat to be one where I just really knew confidently what it was that God had for our next chapter in life and um, and really wanting that you know as as people clutching onto our 40s to make that second you know that next chapter 
just one that was really purpose-filled and one that was in sync with him and what he had for us and believing, you know, for a bunch of things that he's spoken over us to, you know, come forth in that time. And so I was like up for the let's go, God, like give me, give me the play, you know, give me the playbook, I'm, I'm ready. And uh, every time I went there, and I, I just stopped going there in the end, but I eventually learnt, but every time I went there, he's just like, no, 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 just rest. Just soak this up. Just enjoy this time. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of a load off, but it's kind of annoying as well. And, and, and so I'd keep coming back and it's like, you know, what, what, what's this next chapter? And, you know, you'd sneak, in and out, you'd sneak in the question a different way and, you know, and it's like, just not now. There'll be time for that later. And um, so, so eventually we, I got the message and, and we lent into that. And I guess in that process of leaning in and in a season of life where we really were um, released from all responsibility, really, you know, we knew that um, even with the kids, you know, Kalani was overseas and, you know, we had Tim and Grace at home with Kai and um, and we also recognised that for Kai it was, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a stepping into moment, like adulthood moment of, you know, half out of the nest. Um, yeah, and so we just, we felt like things were sorted, work was sorted, it was going really well, which... If anyone's ever had a business, you just never, even if you have a holiday, you never, you never turn off, do you? Like, it's always there. Just even when you're on holiday, it's just there. And so to be able to really just go, nothing's there. All right, this is just a time for us and just to relax and rest um, was really special. And I guess probably got us to a depth of rest and relaxation that we hadn't quite experienced before and 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 you know we were trying to be really intentional um you know just about um hanging out with god each day and making sure that was a priority not in a religious way not in a tick the box kind of way but just to really experience him in his presence and hey you know when you're sitting on a boat in queensland there's it's a little bit easier to get there you know the marvel of the creation around him and I think even, you know, I just loved the way that God orchestrated all the different things, you know, like we felt a really big piece around what was happening at home. We felt, you know, really um, the trip and where we ended up, we would pray, like where are we going to go and where should we head next and and just the people we met along the way and the relationships formed there and the places we experienced that, you know, you know, possibly you wouldn't normally experience in 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 the time of year we were there that were amazing, were just outrageous, um, and just and the books that we read. So we read some really cool books, and they were sort of just in sync with what God was doing. You know, sometimes you're just reading something, and it's like this is just so in sync with what you're already showing me. Um, and one of those books um, was a book called The Jesus Book, um, funnily enough about Jesus. Um, highly recommend, um, Michael Koulianos. It's a um, really cool book. But and, and I guess what this book did, it just really captured... And, I, you know, some people can... Some people like our friend Brad here can just wax lyrical and articulate so well what's going on within them. You know, I'm not as good at that. And... And, and this guy was articulating stuff that was both challenging me but also in sync with what I was feeling and then just putting those words, it was like, yes, that's what I feel, that's, that's it, that's the thing. And the whole, um, I guess, 
I guess what you could say, you know, if I was to capture somehow what that synchronization was, what God was doing was, you know, prior to the trip, um, I read, prior to us going away, I read a book which I think I may have already spoken about, and it was about um, persecuted Christians in, in, in China and in Russia and various places. You know, these are people that die for going to church or at least get imprisoned or tortured, you know. And this is now. Like, this isn't like a long time ago. This is like right now. This is happening right now. And it just really challenged me, you know, that these guys would, A, you know, find joy in that situation, which many of them did. You know, many of them thanked God for the opportunity to be in prison so they could study his word. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, like just this level, this next level of faith that just, I just had me wondering, what do they have? That I don't think I've got that. I don't think that's what I'm experiencing. And, you know, I feel like even, you know, this morning I can, I, I can hear some of the prayers and some of the words that we sing and it can be a bit Teflon. It can sort of just slide off. It's like it's just words that uh, maybe are nice to have, but they're not either our experience or our genuine desire, you know, or they are our genuine desire for an hour, but then life happens, you know, and I just, and I'm guilty as charged as that, you know, and so I felt like I was just looking for something beyond that and really, again, like wanting this second half, I guess, of... <laughs> life to look differently than the first and um and so the, the context of or the lead up to this time away was you know this question of what do these guys have you know i want that i want what they have and i think um <laughs> i think i found it i think that's <laughs> there's no arrival there's no destination with our faith but I think there's a moment when those words become more than words, when something connects. And it, ironically, it's, it's actually, I think, in the giving up of oneself. It's a bit like what you were talking about last week, Gary. It's in the giving up of oneself and going, you know what, Lord, you actually can have this life. Like, you can, you can do what you want with it. And as we sort of, you know, made that pact with God on this trip and, and, and amongst so much benevolence of his, like just, you know, you know, like it's not, you know, like we're sitting on a crazy boat, you know, in crazy places, in beautiful nature, knowing that we are here as part of his plan for us, knowing that in that moment and... You know, the boat's a real context of that for us. But in that moment, we're right where he planned us to be and it's just so full of his abundance. And so that I think, you know, for... for um, you know, for, for, for somewhere in that transaction is there's this giving up of oneself and yet what we don't maybe believe, what I didn't believe, what we didn't... what we don't capture is, you know, it is... <coughs> It is, what, is it, what does Paul say, to die is to gain? You know, it is actually a transaction that takes place where you are actually the winner, you're not the loser. And even when you're the loser in earthly terms, which is what these Western, uh, these persecuted churches experience, somehow they still come out going, we're the winners. You know, we have Jesus and he loves us. And that's not something that can be... Uh, taught it has to be caught 
You know, it's not something you can hear and just go, yes, it only can be lived out. And, you know, we are on the journey in trying to live that out. But I think, you know, we, we just came back with a real um, confidence, you know, that what God has for us is not just um, good, you know, it's um, and not just also isolated it's a it's a together thing i think that's the thing when i asked god a bunch of times around what was the whole purpose of this trip like leading to the end of it he'd just say just relationship and it's like yeah but what else you know it's like no just just relationship it's like relationship with each other and relationship with him and there's no doubt about it like you know we've come back better than we've ever been in our marriage better than we've ever been together with god and and you know i can only put that as a byproduct of time with him, time, you know, an overflowing fruit of being, you know, in his presence um, and just in his abundance and in sync with his plan, you know, and, um, you know, and it's easier. It's easier on holidays. Like, you know, we're feeling the pain of re-entry. Um, so it's not all a happy fairy tale. There's life, life goes on and there's challenges and, um, but he's still there. And then I think I said last week, you know, we were talking about something and I said one of the things that was great was just recognising that, you know, away from the Great Barrier Reef and a beautiful time away on a boat, I was sitting on the end of a paintbrush and still experiencing God's presence and going, oh, wow, you didn't leave me. You're still here. We can experience you on the end of a hammer or on the end of a whatever. Like, you're still right here. I think the other thing that really stood out to us um, while we were away is, I was saying this to the kids at the dinner table the other night, it's like, you know, if I gave Kai a million dollars and I gave Kalani a dollar and then a few months later I said, you know what, Um, sorry, I loaned it to them and a few months later I said, you know what, your debt's forgiven. You You don't owe me anything. You know, who is going to be feeling like they got the winning deal there, you know, and it's going to be the guy, person who got a million dollars. You're going to feel more forgiven. You're going to feel more, you know, um, like you got off the hook. And I think, I think, you know, as we were reading some of the things in God's Word, particularly in the Old Testament, you know, I think sometimes we can think that we don't have a lot to be forgiven for. You know, I think we can feel like we're not, um, you know, we're pretty good people. And so there's not that big a gap and we don't really thank you for the cross and all God, but, you know, those really bad people needed that, hey? You know, not recognising that, you know, as you sort of unpack some of the extremity of the Old Testament and, you know, the Israelites' journey and some of what happened to them when they just got stuff wrong, like, you know, hey, just getting stoned to death for gathering wood on the Sabbath, you know, that was a thing, you know, that was a thing not just by people, but it was a thing that when Moses went to God, what do we do with this guy? God said, stone him to death. Like, that's, wow, ouch, you know. And I think there's this bit in there that um, that I think when you grab the holiness, the holiness of God and when you recognise how much we are indebted to him and that we are the ones that owe the million dollars and we got the, we got the full pardon, and we get, and, and because of that act, and our, one of the lines in this Michael Kulianus book, the Jesus book, it says something to the effect of, you know, Jesus' reward 
for the cross is our return is our love in return like it's actually our love in return that he yearns for and it's like wow that's the least i can do right like when i have been given you know a freebie on a million dollars and all I've got to do, and so much more. That's the, the, the um, metaphor. But in so much more, then I have so much to be grateful for. And in the process of that, you know, um, all he wants is my love back, which in the crazy transaction that takes place feels like that's something I have to do. But then when actually it's done, it's actually a circular it's a circular love, like it's in the loving him that we feel his love back and all of a sudden, you know, the peace that passes, all understanding comes and it's like, wow, you know, this thing, this is a pretty good gig. This is a pretty good gig. So I think that was most of what I wrote down. I wrote a couple of notes this morning. <coughs> um, yeah, that'll do. That'll do, pig. Okay, it's a line from Babe. <laughs> oh, that's inspiring, Glenn. Yeah, I just, yes, like I just hear the, the words of Paul just echoed, you know, saying, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the guy who's had privilege. I'm the guy who's had place. I'm the guy who's had things. I've come to consider it all rubbish compared to knowing him. I just hear that, just that heartbeat coming from you in this. Like, it's like, they're, you know, it's like, like you said, like the, the words of these songs, like they roll off our lips and they sound nice and they feel nice, but they live hard. You know, you are my one desire. You know, this one thing. That I'd live all my days for you. Like, it's, 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 a, it's a heart cry that we're being led to as followers of Jesus to go, I have found the one who my soul loves. And what else matters? You know, it's like, wow. I hear that just so echoed in your story at the moment, just that there's this, you know, like you said, like you can't, you can't, you can't force a heart into that place, you know, and it's God's pursuit of us and our response to him. You know, but we can't take our response out of the mix, you know, like where am I opening my life to him? And I love I love what you're sharing. Thank you. Yeah. We love you guys. Yeah. There's a word in one of the songs that stuck out to me. Uh, May the flame of my heart always be lit. You know, it's in that song, I want to burn for you, you know. May the flame of my heart always be lit. And I started to think, just in, just in this time here this morning, I started to think about... Um, you know, like fire is an interesting thing. You know, fire can go out, fire can commence, fire can finalize, like, you know, it can grow, it can build, it can reduce, it can smolder. You know, it's like, may the flame of my heart always be lit. And I got, I got just thinking for a second, you know, I have, and I have a verse to bring this morning, but it's pretty, pretty, pretty simple, you know, pretty simple thought this morning. But yeah, what is it that, you know, what, what is the fire extinguishers that we tolerate? Because stuff puts our fire out, doesn't it? It's not, it's, in some senses, it's not hard for our fire to go out, the fire of the Spirit. You know, if we, talk about, if we talk about the Spirit of God that burns within us, that wells up and bubbles up, that motivates, that, 
that directs, that encourages, that inspires, that wells up passion. It's like, wow, you know, like, you, you know, you can put your hands on that this morning because it's all around us, you know? It's like, okay, what we've been doing here is we've all been bringing our logs and chucking them on the fire with the things that we've shared, with the testimony we've heard, with the things we began with, with the worship that we've been led in. And it's like, wow, there's a, there's a bonfire here, you know? It's like, and we get into our week and it's like, it's easy for each of our little fires to start going out, you know? And we don't want the only place we taste of the, the burning within to, to be in this moment where the spirit is really pulled to the surface. And it's like, you know, this morning, uh, there's, a, there's a verse I, I, I was asking God about this morning. He, says, he said, come together, come together, come together. And I really, I, I do feel like there's, um, you know, there's, there's a lean-in that's happening. And there's this verse in Ephesians uh, that talks about the idea of the bond of peace. When I think about something that uh, protects the fire of the spirit within, you know, it's like, I, and I've heard a few people talking this morning, you know, Kate, you were talking about experiencing peace this week as a contrast to an alternate experience. And Janessa was sharing that she got down by the beach and just felt this peace come over her. And, you know, what we know is that the taste of that fire burning within is a peace, you know, and when we, when we find our life in a place with a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, peace is the place where the fire burns bright. And then this, this passage, I'm going to read it in a second, is talking about what we share together, protecting the power of the spirit within, because we are one in a bond of peace. And I want to talk for a minute this morning about what a bond of peace looks like. But let me read the verse. It's uh, Ephesians 4, 1 to 6. I don't Oh, you're waiting for me. You're like, hurry up and say it because I'm going to throw it up there. I didn't give it to Curtis. Sorry. We were scrambling this morning. Ephesians 4, verse 1 to 6. We're good. So I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation, with all humility, forsaking self-righteousness and gentleness, maintaining self-control, with patience, bearing with one another in unselfish love. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. There's one body of believers and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. That's interesting, you know, like when, when I think of oneness, you know, I don't know if we have a ton of like really powerful, passionate pictures of it. You know, like we're in we're in like footy finals season. You know, and it's like well, commiserations to the Carlton fans, hey. But it's like, all right, well, let's take that for example. You know, like do you, do you think we get a taste of oneness when we look at like a supporter of a team? You know, 
we have passion, we stand together, we share an identity. You know, it's like maybe it's one of the most powerful pictures we have of oneness today, like a Carlton supporter, a footy team supporter. You know what I mean? Maybe, like there's a taste of it there, like, yeah, we, you know, bleed for this team. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's there, right? It's there. We come to get you see someone else in a New Jersey, like, yeah, you know, we got, we share something together because, you know, we barrack for the same team. But I think, you know, in the church, like, maybe we actually uh, have turned the kingdom of God into a league. <laughs> and don't recognize we're on the same team. You know, like, maybe, maybe... Maybe there's something of the work of God that's waiting for the people of God to receive the oneness of God across the church. You know, we're not in competition with another faith stream. You know, we're not looking to be better than another persuasion of church. You know, it's like, Maybe something of the kingdom of God is waiting for us to, to really understand that there is one God, one faith, one hope, one baptism, one spirit, one head overall. You know, when, when we start to get this, something shifts. You know, we're not in competition. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if you've experienced it. I, I spoke a message a long time ago, a long, long time ago, where I said one of the most unsafe places in my life is church. Hmm. Yeah, I was a pastor at that point, in a bigger church with a few more people. I said, this is the place where I come, where I've got to have my all together together. You know, because we can do this to each other, right? We can go like, hey, you know, you're supposed to act right. You're supposed to look right. You're supposed to do right. You got Jesus. You're supposed to be full of joy. Where's your smile? How come you're down? How come you're sad? What's going on? Sort it out. You know, or we can go like, hey, you're supposed to be nicer than what you are. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to face those problems in your marriage because you have Jesus. You're not supposed to treat your kids that way because you're a Christian. You're not supposed to talk to your neighbor that way or, oh my goodness, did you rage on the road this week? You know, it's like, yeah, we are those who are being formed by Christ, but we can like, you know, we can be pretty hard on each other. And, and I don't experience that as much here as I have in, in lots of other places. But, you know, when, when we start to realize uh, that, that there is something of the fire that burns within that's both fueled and protected by peace. And, and as we begin, you know, I, I heard Glenn talking about it this morning. He said, Leon and I, we've been in the presence of God and we've been in the word of God and we've come back with more oneness with one another. That's more than just like a re relational reality. That's a same pageness. It's an in syncness, you know? And like, oh, if we could only have that in our marriages or in our best friendships or in our community workplaces or whatever it might be, wouldn't that be wonderful? You know, but, but, but what if I am called not just to have that with Leela, but here? 
You know, what if that's just the starting point of what God meant for his church, that we would be one because he's one, one with God and therefore one with each other, a spirit burning within that gives us a page that we share, that gives us a purpose that we're in sync on that looks different. And that's okay. It looks different for Az than it does for Brad or for Glenn than it does for Leela. And that's just a good thing. You know, we're not in, we don't all have to, it's not, you know, we don't turn this into a league where there's competition with other churches or other persuasions or other denominations. You know, God, where are you at work? Spirit, what are you doing? We're not looking for preference. We're looking for the power and presence of the Spirit of God. Where we find the power and presence of the Spirit of God, we find oneness. And I don't get to judge what that looks like. I don't get to judge how that plays. You know, I've told this story before, but we traveled overseas and we met some new friends and some of them you guys have met here. And I rocked up to this thing and a bunch of Christian leaders were there and they were all introducing themselves and, you know, saying what they were about. And I'm just sitting back there going like, oh man, these are not my people. These are Jesus. These are not my people. This is not what am I doing here. This is not my people. I got in the car after this function. I'm driving away and I'm like, bump, let's... Let's get out of here. There's no point. Jesus goes, pump the brakes, son. Pump the brakes. Come talk to me when we get back to the hotel. Got back to the hotel, and he said, can you please stop judging what's me or not me based on what you're comfortable with? I'm bigger than you. I'm more diverse than you. And you are not going to be able to become comfortable with everything I'm doing in the world and all the ways I'm doing it. You're only ever going to be comfortable with your call, your purpose, the things you're made for. And there's some of what I'm about that's going to make you feel like, really? Is that him? And he's like, let me. Let me be the judge. I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. You know, I think that's a, a real key in, in this oneness of the spirit and the bond of peace. It's like, okay, so I went back into that function with a, a bond of peace with a place where I was uncomfortable going, okay, spirit of God, you're here. You know, it's like, well, okay, that one's easy to deal with. But you know, here, like how much do we get caught up in the stuff that puts the fire of the spirit out, like anger and bitterness or disagreements or frustrations. I mean, forget about just our marriages, you know, maybe even just like in what somebody brought for lunch or, you know, how somebody acted in a moment or whatever the case might be. But, you know, we're just like cracking open the fire extinguisher on the, on the, on the fire within when those are the places we tolerate. And what fuels your peace? I don't know about you. But I need help to hold on to my peace especially in a relational context. I need help to hold on to my peace in my workplace, in my marriage, in my parenting relationship, in my friendships, in my extended family. You know, God knows I work with Curtis. <laughs> I need help to hold on to my peace. Jesus, come. Right? Curtis needs me to hold on to my peace. Right? Because it's different, isn't it? You know, so this bond of peace, you know, I, I just want to sit in that phrase for a minute and go like, you know, what is the bond that's sitting between us and our brothers and sisters? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it self-protection? Is it bitterness? Is it judgment? Is it a critical spirit? Or is it peace? 
I started my eyes being opened to go, God, you want a bonfire of hearts that are lit for you, who have come together in a oneness of the bond of peace by your spirit. I'm going to stop judging. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop holding on to things. I'm going to stop wishing people were something they're not or are different than what they are. I want to celebrate the presence of your spirit in the heart of each person. I want to hold on to a bond of peace that goes, we serve the same God and his spirit's alive within us. You know, I, I look at Glenn Leon and I'm going, thank you, Jesus, that they are tending their fire, that they come back with a burning spirit because I'm one with this man. And when his fire is burning, the fire gets bigger. It inspires my fire. And I go, yeah, I'm, 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 I want to live at peace here. I want to live at peace here. And that's going to help protect what's here. It's one spirit, one God, one heart, one baptism. When I start going like, oh, you know. Anyway, I'll go into examples. It doesn't, doesn't help. But it's like, yeah, I think there's this, this invitation in this spirit, in this verse. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace. What a joy when we come together in the Spirit of God and, and the fire that's lit in me. May this fire never burn out. You know, when, we, when that's what we're protecting, Make every effort to protect oneness in the bond of peace. It's like when this fire within me becomes my greatest priority to protect, how do I act? What do I do? What do I need? Because I can't keep that burning. That's the fire of the Spirit. I'm protecting the presence of God within me. Jesus, I need your help. Because we know there's a war. Like enemies, he's walking around. He drives a fire truck, right? He's in the big pumper. <laughs> He wants to put your fire out. And you know, one of the greatest ways he does that is right here and here and here and here and here. You know, let's, let's, let's be a place where we're stoking the fire within for one another. You know, it's like, oh, let me bless you with the bond of peace. I'm going to come close. Let me bless you with the bond of peace. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to join you in your journey. I'm going to I'm going to connect to you by the Spirit of God. You know, I think I've got something for your fire. I think you got something for my fire. You know what I mean? And it's like we, we can let stuff get in the mix, you know? Like, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know if anybody's more exposed than the people who work at camp. It's like, oh, you know, we, you do church, you do God, you know, people live out here together. You pack of weirdos, what are you doing? It's just crazy. You know, you think we need a bond of peace to be in these places and spaces and to, to be in the things we're in because we want the Spirit of God to make us one, that this would burn bright for him, and there's only one way to do that, that his peace would rule and reign, that our fire would burn, that the things of his Spirit would, would rule in our lives, that the bond of peace would grow and make a bonfire out of, out of lit hearts. Yeah. I know it's not a complex truth. I know it's almost not practical or even particularly helpful, but let's, let's talk about this idea of, of protecting, making every effort to protect oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And what's that look like? Where have you experienced uh, the loss of that? Or where have you experienced the stoking of that? You know, and what, what for you 
does a relational bond of peace look like? Because we're not talking about relational skills like, oh, wow, B is such a nice person. I just really want to be friends with her. Well, that's natural relationship. You know, what we're talking about here is, wow, God, you've called and purposed B to be joined to this family. And we share something as a result of that. That's not preference. That's not similarity. That's not sameness. That's the Spirit of God joining people together for His purpose. Diverse and different people. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, I don't know that I've given a clear question, but where have we, where have we tasted of this, this bond of peace oneness? And, and, and what are the things that, that we experience in that or help fuel that idea for us? So, yeah. Let's have a chat. Maybe like just little groups, like little fours, little fours. Little fours and fives, because we haven't got a long time to chat, because I talked long. So, yeah, just, little, just little fours and fives. Have a little chat about this idea.